Welcome to All Along the Wasatch, a public affairs program produced by Bonneville Salt Lake City. If you would like to submit a request to be on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. Now, here's the host of All Along the Wasatch, Mike Parsons. My guest today is Leanna Kennard, and she is a heart survivor herself. Also, she is leadership development chair on the American Heart Association, Utah Board of Directors. Leanna, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me, Mike. I'm excited to be here. So we, we picked you for this interview for several reasons. First of all, you are on the board of directors. But secondly, what we're going to talk about today really has something to do with what you went through personally. Uh, I'm, first of all, the website you can go to to get uh, more information and get involved with the American Heart Association is yourthecure.org, and it's you or it's Y-O-R-E, thecure.org. Important you have that second part. Maybe just talk about your experience and what you went through. Sure. So I'm actually from Hawaii, uh, born and raised there. And believe it or not, a long time ago, I was an athlete. And as I ran track about my junior year, I just felt that I was out of breath quite often. And because I had run on the track team for several year, years, I knew that that was not normal and that I shouldn't be winded that quickly. But for some reason, I had gone to a couple doctors and I don't know if it was a misdiagnosis, but, you know, when they looked at me, female, uh, fairly fit, um, very active, and anytime they took my heart rate in the actual clinic, it was fine. So this happened over a year or two period, and I just got used to this uh, irregular heartbeat mm. and to live with it because they said nothing was wrong. And uh, I soon then moved to Utah, still undiagnosed with this heart issue that I had. Um, and after being in Utah for one year, I was 19, um, I ended up getting a very irregular heartbeat, uh, almost to the point where I almost went into cardiac arrest. Oh, so I actually went and they performed surgery four days later. And, and that is not the story for everyone. I feel lucky that, that I'm a survivor and that um, they were able to figure out what was going on and fix it immediately. But not that is not the case for most people with any sort of heart disease. Now, that leads us to talking about this bill that just passed in the, uh, the, the Utah Congress, and Governor Cox has signed it into law, which is uh, Senate Bill 133. Let's talk a little bit about what things were like before that bill was signed, and then what is going to change after. Sure. So if I can just step back for one second and do a 30,000-square-foot view. <laughs> All right. For most, you're on with a lady, so we're going to give you the whole story. Real quick, uh, most women, you know, we kind of measure our life in stages, right? You go through high school, maybe you go to college, you get married, and then eventually, you know, you have a baby if, if you want to grow your family. And what a lot of people don't know is that pregnancy can lead to cardiovascular conditions. Uh, there's many different things that can happen, um, including heart failure uh, during or after pregnancy, a stroke, and even a heart attack. Um, and then there's also adverse pregnancy outcomes like high blood pressure, preeclampsia, and even um, diabetes that can increase a woman's risk for this cardiovascular disease later in life. So pregnancy can kind of be, you know, pre or post, um, kind of this trigger. Um, and Utah specifically, there has been um, an increase in pregnancy-related deaths, which is really sad if you think about it. Anyone who's welcoming a new baby or child. Oh, yeah really exciting time, right? And nowhere, even when I had my children, nowhere was I thinking, oh, I'm going to get a heart condition. Uh, mine was not pre or uh, post uh, pregnancy, but I didn't even know about this 
until I got onto the American Heart Association. So what happened is prior to this Senate bill, it's called Senate Bill 133, prior to this just passing, postpartum Medicaid, they only covered 60 days after birth, okay? So that means there's coverage in place for a mother 60 days after she has a baby. Um, but 65% of Utah's pregnancy-related deaths, the so majority of the Utah uh, pregnancy-related deaths, their heart issue happened between 43 and 365 oh, days after. Oh, wow. So, so most of them just barely within that 60 days or far after. Yes. And so, again, I did not know this. Now, I am done having children. I have two kids. But I just was not aware until this was brought to my attention that, Oh, my gosh, all the women, 65% of the women in Utah, this is happening after the coverage. The coverage has already lapsed, most of it. And so we're like, wait a minute, 92%, and they've done, and I am not a doctor. I just want to clarify that. I'm just a passionate (laughs) heart survivor that is involved with the American Heart Association. But when you look at the statistics, they see that about 92% of the deaths that have happened were actually preventable. Wow. And so, you know, it's. It's not only being educated and hearing about it and spreading the word, but then what have we done about it? And so we are really lucky, and thank you to the governor's office and the Utah Department of Health for helping pass Senate Bill 133. And that just barely happened. So those stats have been current for you know quite some time. And to know that that bill just barely happened is huge. And, and what happens with that bill, it went from you know only going up to 60 days. So anything after 60 days, that's it. No coverage for the mother. Right. Um, Now what that bill has done is extended it uh, from the 60 days. Now it's covered a full year. Oh, that's fantastic. And that is huge because it also raises that federal poverty level eligibility for family planning services covered by Medicaid from uh, 95% to 185%. So basically think about it. The mother that maybe is even uninsured just has a baby and then adding a new baby in the mix and then having heart disease, the coverage is there. So it's really, really, I think, huge, not only for for Utah, but for mothers and especially um, uninsured mothers. Oh, yeah. You've got a low income mom who's got a baby who's maybe two or three months old and then she has these other issues. And sorry, you're not covered anymore. This seems like one of those no brainers where somebody realized, hey, we've got a problem here. Let's fix it. How quickly did this happen? You know, I don't know how long they've been fighting for this. I know that the last legislative session they tried to, and it didn't pass at that time. But I was so lucky. We have such a great organization here in Utah, the American Heart Association chapter here in Utah. And they actually ended up having our meetings up at the Capitol, and they invited all of us, the doctors that serve on the board, people from the community. They had mothers there that have actually been through this and actually had. There was a mother there that actually had a stroke. A couple months, they invited her up to speak, and we actually, the American Heart Association provided a, a platform for us to go and actually meet all of the, the people that were going to be passing that bill to share our story. And that, just as a heart survivor and a mother alone, oh, I'm just so, so, so grateful. And again, hopefully this is never needed, right? But as you can see with the stats, it is needed. And to know that maybe a mother in the next, you know, little bit, if she happens to run into this, she may not even know all the work that went into it, but that she's covered and that that protects her family. So we are just ecstatic that this passed. And I'll ask a question that maybe I don't know if you know the answer to, but this would be maybe a question on people's minds. We expanded this quite a bit, both in terms of the length of coverage and also who is covered. What is what is the cost for expanding that? 
You know, don't quote me on this, but I know that there has been, I want to say, uh, preventative to this, that they started a fund and that money has been growing and growing and growing and it's just been sitting there and not tapped in by the state. So essentially, I think those funds are already there. Which oh, great. Is never, you have to remember, those funds were there because when it first passed, but it only covered to 60 days. Right. And what we learned is all of it was happening after the 60 days. So again, all that money has been there and it's been untouched. So now what it does, it opens the gates to actually use it for the people who need it within that time period. That's fantastic that we got it done. That that makes me really happy. Let's talk about some of the issues surrounding uh, cardiovascular disease in general. Um, on the website, if you go to yourthecure.org, which is Y-O-U-R-E, thecure.org, there's all kinds of information there beyond just, uh, you know, obviously uh, uh, pregnant women, but but everybody in general. Water, talk about some of the prevention that we can do surrounding CVD. You know, that's a really interesting one because I come from a family of heart disease. I had a grandfather who had a heart attack, and my grandmother actually uh, had a stroke. And it's just, I think the biggest thing for me, again, being a heart survivor and then experiencing it in my own family, is being educated. And I think sometimes when we learn the signs and the symptoms, we're just more aware and we can get to either get remedy, go see our doctor, um, whether you're just in a heart procedure. If you go back to what happened to me specifically, I'm glad that I didn't give up, right? When I kept hearing, no, nothing's wrong, I think I ended up seeing three cardiologists in Hawaii, and then I moved to Utah, and that's when the actual heart um, episode happened, my arrhythmia. And I'm just so glad that I didn't give up. I think sometimes even, you know, I'll speak to women real quick, we just kind of ignore things, right? Oh, oh you know, yeah. oh, chest pain, oh, it must be heartburn. And we kind of make these excuses to what we think it is or what we know it is, or we just don't think, oh, that doesn't happen to me. And, you know, I was 19 when I had my heart surgery, never in a million years did my family think that that would be in me. I was the athlete of the family. So I think the biggest thing is to, to get involved and to know your family history, right? Does mm-hmm. anyone have heart disease in your family? Um, to be aware, even the signs of stroke, um, because we also are very passionate about stroke and learning about that. And um, I know that after my grandmother had hers, our entire family met and talked about it. You know, what are the signs? What do we do? I think also, you know, again, I have to put that disclaimer, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, what constitutes a healthy heart and a healthy body? You know, you eat correctly, you work out. Um, and I think also just being responsible caretakers of your family and making sure that you're you're routinely going in and really listening. And if there's something that doesn't seem right, it's better to bring it up than to not bring it up at all and have something happen down the line. We're speaking with Leanna Kennard. She is a heart survivor herself, and she's also leadership development chair on the American Heart Association Utah Board of Directors. You can learn more and get involved at yourthecure.org. Like you mentioned, a lot of it is common sense. Of course, being overweight is going to contribute to that smoking drinking too much alcohol, all of the things that we know don't contribute to a healthy life. But I was on the website, and it said that improved nutrition and, and physical education in schools can make a difference. That's not something I would have thought of. Yep, it starts at school. And, you know, I know that there, and I won't go into the food administration, but I know even at my child's school that they've been offering healthy, um, you know, it's not chips anymore, it's apples or fruit <laughs> or veg, and And it really starts, I think, at home. You know, leading that example, and, you know, I'm now 40, and I have two small children, I mean, well, 11 and 7, but there's not a time that goes by that I don't express what, what mommy's been through. Hey, you know, mom, we want this, and I'm like, well, you know, we might want to pass on that, and I, I take every opportunity I can 
to express anything about the heart and my surgery so that they're very aware that it now runs in our family because of what I've been through. There's an acronym on the website, Wise Woman, which stands for Well-Integrated Screening and Evaluation of Women Across the Nation. That's a mouthful, but uh, it's specifically for low-income women. Can you tell us a little bit about that program? Well, you know, I think sometimes that um, the wise, you're talking about the wise woman, correct? Wise woman, yeah. Yeah, and they screen, you have to understand that a lot of people, the, the I don't want to get political, but the hospital and the medical, uh, it's not all the same for everybody, you know, especially true, yeah. people who are uninsured or maybe not working. And so, you know, what wise women does is they screen these low income uninsured women, um, and again, that I, I don't want to say there's a sweet spot for an age because, again, I'm not a doctor. And mine was at 19. But they kind of come up with this number between 40 and 64. And what that does, it allows them to get screened for heart disease, um, also for stroke and any other cardiovascular disease uh, that they need help with. And that goes from counseling, any sort of education, any referrals that they might need or even follow up. So, again, maintaining that program is huge because – Again, there's some people that aren't um, equal opportunity to health care. And what we're trying to do is provide opportunities so that, you know, heart disease doesn't discriminate. Heart disease can come to anyone, um, male, female, young, old. And again, even right now, it's the number one uh, killer, at least in women. And so really making sure that we're maintaining these really special and critical initiatives mm-hmm. is so important for everyone in our community. And you mentioned it, it's true that not everybody has the same access to care or the same quality of care available. So that's great that that program kind of makes sure that everybody's getting equal uh, you know, attention. What about after having an issue, some kind of stroke or cardiovascular issue? What about rehabilitation and aftercare? Oh, everything and anything. And if, if anything, you know, it's kind of that, that age old thing that if it doesn't happen to you, you don't know. You don't know what you don't know. Right. Uh, and again, there are rehab um, facilities and opportunities out there, um, even with Medicare, even with your insurance. Um, and all of that is so, so critical. And I guess I would refer that back to, you know, the doctors and your healthcare professionals. But again, there's so much that the American Heart Association has. I mean, if you even go to the website, I have been on their board for a few years, and I'm not even aware of all the things they're doing. And I can say that, at least from the Utah chapter, when I sit on this, they really have their hands in everything for children doing um, education way down in the elementary, um, you know, elementary schools, trying to bring awareness so that people grow up, male and female, everybody, that, that as they're growing up, they're aware of, you know, mostly preventative, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, it is the number one killer. So what do we look for and how do we remedy that quicker um, and not wait for something to happen and then deal with the repercussions of that. I probably should have mentioned this earlier, but I know Governor Cox was key in getting this done. Who else, and I'm sure you won't be able to mention absolutely everybody, but let's give some credit around to people who pushed this through. Who was really involved with getting this done? Uh, Representative Lesser, and I actually got to meet her. Um, she's actually a physician, and I thought that was so interesting mm. to hear from a physician um, you know, her story. And then um, I know there was somebody else on that and I'm spacing their name right now, but I know that there were a few and I think this was an extra special one because it deals with, you know, mothers. And I shouldn't say new mothers because um, it could happen on your second, third, fourth kid. Right. But that is so specific to women. And I love that. And being up there and, you know, they're up there. It's, it's not, I shouldn't say it's not an easy place to be. There's a lot happening up there, right, during the legislative session. 
And so for us to have a little part of it, we all wore red and to come in and to, to feel like they were actually talking about it. And everyone that we met with and were able to share our personal stories, everyone on Capitol Hill was so receptive to us. So we're really grateful for not only Governor Cox, but um, uh, Representative Lester for kind of taking charge on that. So there's so much information. If you go to that website, yourthecure.org. What can people do to get involved? Maybe somebody who's a survivor or somebody who's a family member who may have succumbed to one of these issues. How do people get involved, specific events or just, uh, you know, as an individual? Oh, I think a few things. I think one thing is talk to the person who had it because I think it just makes it real, right? It just makes it more when you know someone who's gone through it. And a lot of times, a lot of the people that I see involved is because their dad or their mom or their spouse or themselves. So I would say reach out and hear their story. Um, specifically here in Utah, you can go online to the American Heart Association. They have activities. They have family-friendly. Uh, they have certain corporate events with your corporate. Um, if your corporation or business of employment would be interesting, uh, interested in participating. So I know on Friday, uh, Friday, May 19th, they will be doing a cycle nation. So anyone who bikes and you can create a team and participate. And then in the fall, they do the heart and stroke walk. And that is amazing. They have so many people show up to Sugar House Park. I have seen family members walk together. Uh, last year, I actually saw a cardiologist walking with one of her patients. And I mm. thought that was so awesome. And again, it's more of bringing the awareness, especially with me as a mother. You know, I try and I'm bringing my kids up this year so that they can just, again, keep being involved. I invite other heart survivors I know um, to also participate. You can donate. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, I don't want to donate to so many things, but I can tell you the money, every single penny that they raise goes to research and to bring it home to my specific surgery. So uh, 20, 20 years ago when I had my surgery, it was actual surgery. I had an anesthesiologist. I got cut open. Oh, there yeah. were five doctors in there. I had a surgeon. I can tell you this. I posted about something the other day with my heart surgery, and my best friend from Hawaii reached out to me and said, my oldest daughter has the same heart issue that you have, except now she's going to an inpatient clinic where a nurse is going to do it, and she'll be home that same day. Oh, wow. That's great. Same exact heart surgery, the same exact one. And so, you know, it really shows me that so much has progressed in 20 years, and none of that would have happened without doing the research and the doctors behind this that are really trying to, you know, make it a more affordable, quicker, and to, again, prevent and, and save lives. So I can tell you right there that, that I know personally in my own life that, that I've seen these funds and the magic that it's created um, in that world. So I'm very, very grateful. And that's why we had you on, because you can elicit that emotion. That's fantastic. Do you have any yeah. lingering issues from, from your heart uh, issue? Is, or is it genetic? Is it something you need to look for in your kids? You know what's so funny is that no one in my family had, I had a, a super ventricular tachycardia. And what it is, is literally I could just be sitting in a chair and boom, heart rate up to 240. Wow. And like running a marathon, but I'm not doing anything. So at the time, I don't know, again, I have to say I'm not a doctor. I wish I had a doctor. Right, right. Call. But um, at the time, they told me, I remember my surgeon saying, this is the only heart surgery that is 100% curable. Everything else is a Band-Aid on it, right? Wow. And so um, they actually removed a piece of my heart, and I have not had any episodes since then for 20 years. So I've been very, very fortunate with my specific heart issue. But I will tell you this, I know five people that have had heart or stroke in the last two weeks. Hmm, wow. Five. These are close friends, neighbors. Uh, my neighbor had a stroke. 
two of my, my best friends from high school, their dads had strokes all within the last couple of weeks. And I had a friend pass away from a heart attack. And it's just the older I get, I start to realize, wow, it's just more prevalent than I ever could imagine. So I'm grateful uh, for the American Heart Association and doing so many things in the community, yeah. even this spot. And thank you guys for oh, yeah. allowing us to share and, and allowing that platform to talk about it. We don't get a chance too often to say bravo, Utah legislature, for doing something fantastic. Yeah. So let's celebrate that for sure. Leanna Kennard, who is a heart survivor herself and also leadership development chair, the American Heart Association, Utah Board of Directors. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story with us today. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to All Along the Wasatch with Mike Parsons. If you would like to submit a request to be a guest on the show, please email mparsons at ksl.com. That's mparsons at ksl.com.